the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Luke. Moses, then the prophets, and the Psalms. That's basically the sum total of the Old Testament, folks. Jesus is all through the Old Testament. The Messianic prophecies are from cover to cover. And then it says he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written, the Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Today we come to the end of the Gospel of Luke, and what an incredible end it is. Jesus dies and is buried, but he rises again. He defeats death forever. Pastor Gary will share with you some of the encounters Jesus had after his resurrection and what he tells his followers to do next. And now, if you are a follower of Jesus, you get to tell his story. Don't let it stay with only you. Share what you know about the Savior of the world with everyone you meet. Everyone deserves to be forgiven by Jesus. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Luke, chapter 23, with today's edition of Cornerstone Connection. Well, it says it was now about the sixth hour, that's 12 noon, and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour, that's 3 p.m. For the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed, his last. Now, it, don't miss that part about the temple, the curtain of the temple there. Verse 45 was torn in two. Remember, in the interior of the temple, there was this curtain that separated the Holy of Holies, the interior part of the temple, from the holy place of the temple. And only once a year, the high priest could go behind that curtain into the holy of holy place to offer the blood for the atonement of the sins of the people. It was called Yom Kippur, the day of atonement. It's still called Yom Kippur on the calendar for the Jews, but today they can't do what they used to do in the day when the Ark of the Covenant was there and the blood of the sacrifice. And at the moment of Jesus' crucifixion, the Bible says that that curtain was torn. God tore it. God ripped it because he wanted everybody to know, no longer do you have to go through a priest to get to me. My son Jesus is the high priest who died for your sins, and he made the way possible for you to have direct access to the Father. 
And that's the beauty of what Christ has done. We can go directly to God through Jesus Christ. The curtain is now torn. No separation between God and man because Christ Jesus himself, the God-man, bridged the gap for all eternity. Can I hear an amen? And that's what he did. So this is what God does by tearing this, temp- this curtain in the temple to declare that there's now access to the Father through Jesus Christ. And it says here in verse 47 that the centurion, seeing what happened, this is a Roman soldier, praised God and said, surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Now there was a man named Joseph. This is, this is Joseph of Arimathea, a member of the council. That's the Sanhedrin. Remember the group that condemned Jesus to death and then they took him to Pontius Pilate? He's a part of that group. But notice what it says about him. He was a good and upright man who had not consented to their decision and action. So Joseph of Arimathea was a dissenting vote. When they voted, let's get Jesus killed, Joseph of Arimathea dissented. He did not agree to the action. And notice, he came from the Judean town of Arimathea, and he was waiting for the kingdom of God. This guy is a believer. And going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. Okay, now this is where it gets a a little, you know, discussion about, uh, you know, what day did Jesus die and, and how do you count the three days to get him, you know, in the grave three days because it's only separated by a Sabbath. It's interesting when you compare all the Gospels. In John's Gospel, chapter 19, verse 31, it says it was a special Sabbath this day. That's the term that John uses, a special Sabbath. It is possible sometimes, and it is likely that it happened this year, where there are two Sabbaths back to back. How's that possible? Well, the regular Sabbath is always sundown Friday until sundown Saturday on the, on the Jewish schedule. But the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread was also a Sabbath. In other words, you had to treat it just like you would a regular Sabbath. And there would be occasions when the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which was also a special Sabbath day, would come the day before the regular Sabbath. That's likely what happened here. Because as Joseph of Arimathea gets the body of Jesus into the tomb before sundown, which was customary still today in Israel, that a Jew has to get to be buried before sundown, the women follow to see where he's laid, but they can't, if you will, embalm his body because now it's sundown and they have to go home and they have to rest. So it is likely, again, you know, and if you've been here long enough, you've heard me tell you why and use different scriptural reasons and I'm not going to build the whole argument tonight but only to say that it is likely again that Jesus was actually crucified on a Thursday not on a Friday like tradition says Thursday 
And then you have Friday, which is the special Sabbath. And then you have Saturday, which is the regular Sabbath. Until then Sunday, they can actually go back to embalm his body. That's what happens. That's how it's three days. You know, I know tradition says that Jesus was crucified on a Friday afternoon. Really super hard to get three days and three nights from Friday to Sunday morning, okay? So you can believe that if you want. The bottom line is, I always say this at the end of, the, of trying to do all the math, Let's agree on this much. Jesus was crucified and he rose again, right? And so that's what's happening now when, when they come, verse chapter 24, verse 1, on the first day of the week, now that is Sunday, very early in the morning, Matthew 28, 1 says it was at dawn, so the sun is just now rising on the horizon. The women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered... They did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. These are angels. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men. Be crucified and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11, because now it's minus Judas, okay? So the 12 minus Judas to the 11 and to all the others, because there are other followers, not just the apostles. There There are women, there are other disciples here. When you get to the book of Acts, there's 120 in an upper room. So there's there's several here. Verse 10 says it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Okay, now you have to remember again that in this day, a woman's word was not even admissible in a court of law. No offense to the ladies in the house tonight. I'm just telling you the way it used to be. So a woman's word was unreliable in the day. Now, I don't know if that's the reason per se that they're not believing these women, because I'd like to believe that they had more respect for the ladies, given the fact that they had traveled with Jesus for three and a half years and kind of understood the importance of women as well as men, that there's no greater or less than. But there might have been some of that culturally going on, like, oh, you know, you can't believe these ladies, you know. But at the same time, it also tells us that they were, that the part of this was just their own disbelief, their, their own shock. Okay, verse 12 says, Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. These guys, they're, they're not completely clued in here. wonder what's happened here. I see a bunch of linen strips, but I wonder what they did with Jesus' body. Hello, Peter. Hello, have you been listening for the last three and a half years? It's easy for us to say because we have the whole story here. I probably would have been just like him. What do you think happened, Pete? I don't know, Gary. (laughs) Well, verse 13. Now, verse 13 tells us a little story here through verse uh, 35 that is unique to the gospel of Luke. And and Jesus is going to appear here to two disciples. It doesn't say apostles. These are disciples, followers of Christ. One is named. One person's name here is Cleopas, and Jesus is, is just going to have this casual stroll and conversation with the two of them. They don't have a clue who he is. And so read on with me, verse 13. Now, that same day, 
This is the same day that Jesus rose from the dead. Two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. And he asked them, it's almost like he's toying a little bit here, but there's going to be a greater revelation here that's beneficial for all of us. But he asked them, what are you guys discussing together as you walk along? And they stood still. They're just, you know, they stop in their tracks, and it says that their face is downcast. They're sad. And one of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? He's like, you know, you must be out of town. Because something pretty crazy has happened around here. And you would ask why we're looking so sad and what we're talking about. And so after they say this, Jesus says, well, what, what things? Why don't you tell me what things? He's playing with them a little bit. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. I'm wondering, you know, as they're saying all of this, they're kind of giving him the lowdown and, you know, the whole Twitter feed and, you know, they're saying everything. And Jesus sitting there just going, hmm, oh, that's really interesting. Hmm, you don't say, hmm. You know, just like nodding along with them. But then, then he kind of, you know, gives it to them straight here. Verse 25, he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. In other words, you know, you guys, you're not with it. You're slow of heart. Isn't that a nice way of saying you? You guys just, you're dumb, aren't you? You know, I just, you guys are slow of heart because you should be believing all that the prophets have spoken. Verse 26, did not the Christ, the Messiah, have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses, and Moses wrote by inspiration of the Spirit, first five books of the Bible. So Jesus goes all the way back to Genesis, beginning with Moses and all the prophets He explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. He's got seven miles with them, right? It's seven miles, it says, from Jerusalem to Emmaus. So as they're going along the road, he's just giving them everything that the Bible says about Messiah, one prophecy after another that he's fulfilled, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, oh yeah, and and then Deuteronomy, and Judges. Let me tell you about Messiah and Judges. Ruth, he's in there too. Yeah, 1st, 2nd Kings, 1st, 2nd Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah. Let me get to the Psalms now. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah. He's going through the whole Old Testament, and these people are just walking along the path going, wow, this guy knows his Bible, doesn't he? He really knows his Bible. Yeah, because he is the word. He's the word who became flesh. So he says all this concerning himself. Verse 28, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, And began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) 
So like you've been walking seven miles and you don't even know it's Jesus and he's quoting scripture and then you're having dinner with him and as he's breaking bread. Like, whoa, this is kind of familiar. You know, and he's saying, and he's breaking bread with them and then their eyes are open and then poof, Jesus is gone. It's a glorified body, folks. It's what we're going to get. Won't that be awesome? <laughs> it's going to be great. And, and, and we see even another aspect of the glorified body further down. But keep reading. Verse 32, then they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? You know, I thought something was going crazy as he's talking to us inside a fire is burning. He's quoting scripture. Now, don't mistake this, and I don't mean this in a, in a funny way. The Mormons will say to you today, how do you believe that Mormon doctrine is true? And they will say, because of a burning heart. That's not what is happening here. What caused their hearts to burn? It wasn't a feeling. It was scripture. Were not our hearts burning as he opened the scriptures to us? It is the word of God that bears witness to our souls. It is not just this, I have a burning heart and that's the confirmation. No, it's the word of God that brings confirmation to the truth. Because it is the truth. And then it says in verse 33 that they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. They hightailed it seven miles back. And there they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true. The Lord is risen and has appeared to Simon. That's Simon Peter. And then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke bread. So they get back to where the disciples are and they're like, you're never going to believe this. And they're like, yeah, we believe it because Simon Peter has already seen him. Like we did too. We were walking seven miles. We didn't even know it was him. He's quoting scripture all day long. It wasn't until he broke bread. (laughs) And so they're having this little dialogue here. In verse 36, while they were still talking about this, Here's now another part of the glorified body. While they're still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Now, John's gospel specifically says that the doors were locked and suddenly Jesus appears. So check this out. In the glorified body that Jesus had, he was able to disappear and reappear just like that. And the Bible says we get a glorified body just like Jesus. It's going to be awesome. Beam me up, Scotty. I mean, it's going to be the kind of thing, just boom, you're going to be here, boom, you're going to be there. Just just wish it and will it, and you're going to go from here to there, not restricted by material things. Now, the glorified body is a mysterious thing, because you're going to see here in a moment that he that he still eats, right? And he, I mean, he was eating with the, the, the folks on the road to Emmaus, too, but... There's a difference for eating. We'll get to it in a moment here. So he, he appears to them suddenly, peace be with you. And they were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why did doubts arise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And notice he didn't say flesh and blood. He said flesh and bones. His blood has been drained here. The glorified body, he does not need blood to be pumped through this system. This is a sustainable body by the power of the Lord. That's what a glorified body is. But yet it still has the same characteristics. You will recognize your loved ones. You will know who they are. They still will have a familiarity Jesus, even bearing the marks of crucifixion, says to them as evidence, I'm not some phantom ghost here, because that was a problem among the Jews. 
They believed in, and, and even in Judaism, when you, when, uh, sorry, the Judaizers, not Judaism, but the Judaizers, a religious sect in Paul's day, they believed in like a phantom Jesus, not a real material body. Listen, it was a real material body, but it was transformed. It became glorified. It's somewhat mysterious, but he bears the marks of crucifixion. He's not just some, you know, run your hand through, oh, are you, my hand passes through your body. No, it's not like that. It's like feel. I'm, I'm material, okay, but I'm glorified in my physical body. And then it says that when he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe, because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? Isn't that great? I mean, Christians, we're still going to be eating When we get to heaven, it's going to be a great day. But here's the difference now. He's not eating because he has to. He's eating because he just wants to. Isn't that awesome? Another thing of the glorified body. You can eat and never get fat. You can eat as much as you want. You don't need it to sustain life. You just Now you'll be eating for enjoyment. What, what you think you're doing now will actually be a reality then. Okay, I'm just eating because I just am enjoying my food. No, you, you have to. But then you'll be able to eat just because you want to. And so it says that they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it, and he ate it in their presence. Now, actually, he's doing this because it's another piece of evidence. Look, I'm not a ghost, okay? Casper doesn't need a meal, all right? I'm doing this because I am real. I'm tangible. So as he eats, then he helps to prove that he's not some phantom mist here. He really is who he is. And then he says to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Once again, what does he do? He points to the scriptures. The law of Moses, then the prophets, and the Psalms. That's basically the sum total of the Old Testament, folks. Jesus is all through the Old Testament. The Messianic prophecies are from cover to cover. And then it says he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, meaning the Holy Spirit. That's the book of Acts. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Okay, Jesus is going to go away. He's going to give the Holy Spirit so that we can be empowered for service with fruit and gifts of the Spirit so that we can have his abiding presence. And then verse 50 here, now there's a gap. Luke doesn't refer to this, but we know that from the time that he rises from the dead until he actually ascends into heaven, there's 40 days. He's 40 days still on earth in the region of the Galilee, and then he's going to ascend. He's going to be back in Jerusalem because Acts chapter 1 says he ascends from the Mount of Olives. So verse 50 says, when he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, that's just on the other side of the Mount of Olives, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. And then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. Amen? Amen. Folks, it's what distinguishes Christianity from all other world religions. 
Muhammad is buried in a tomb in Medina. Confucius is buried in a tomb in eastern China. Gautama Buddha was cremated and his ashes are scattered in various shrines around the world. There's only one tomb that is empty, and it is Jesus Christ who rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, and he's coming again. The Gospel of Luke takes a unique look at the life of Christ from his birth to his ministry, his death and resurrection. Luke described Jesus as the Son of Man, one of his favorite ways to refer to himself. Jesus was God in human form, showing all of us what it means to live a completely sinless life. There was no fault to be found in him, yet Jesus was still nailed to a cross. But his death had purpose too. He stood in for you, taking the punishment your sin deserves. And then he rose from the grave, conquering death and the evil one. What an amazing Savior this Son of Man truly is. Are you interested in knowing more about Jesus, or would you like someone to pray with you? If so, please email us at prayer at cornerstonechapel.net. That's prayer at cornerstonechapel.net. Do you live in or near Leesburg, Virginia? If so, we invite you to come join us this Sunday for a time of worship, Bible study, and fellowship at Cornerstone Chapel. Find out service times and more information when you visit our website, cornerstoneconnection.cc. You'll also find previous messages from Pastor Gary and be able to download our mobile app. Again, that's cornerstoneconnection.cc. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in to Cornerstone Connection. They say you're a wandering soul That you've got no place to go But still you know